couple of scriptures I want to open up with this morning. Second uh, Timothy 3, 14 and 15. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing that from what you learned it, from what you learned it, and how from childhood you have seen acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. Then Second Peter 1.19, and we have the prophetic word more fully confirmed, to which you will do well to pay attention as a, to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and morning and the morning star rises in your hearts, knowing this first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture comes from someone else's own interpretation. Again, Peter's just telling us, man, it's important that you know the Word. Then Ephesians 4.25, Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are all members one of another. Zechariah 4, 6, Then he said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. So I want you to turn with me. It's not on your outline, but I want you to turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 17. Because this has to do a lot with the armor of God. 1 Samuel chapter 17. And this is the story of David, who's been a shepherd boy. And we know where David's at. He's been in the field. He's been watching the sheep. He's the youngest of the boys. Um, and his father, Jesse, tells him, hey, I want you, in verse 17, to take for your brothers some food. Go see how the battle was going. Go see what's going on there. So he does that. And he heads that away to see what's going on. And when David gets there, now you got to remember, his brothers every day are hearing this giant come to the middle of the field and challenge them to come out and fight him. He's coming against their God. He's cursing them. He's saying all kinds of vile things against them and against what they stand for. And they're listening to this every day, but yet nobody is going out. And David, full of the Holy Spirit, comes, and the first thing David encounters is a family member. You ever encountered a family member? <laughs> Who says, what are you doing here? You just wanted to come and check out what was going on. You are so full of pride. And, no, and I mean, he just blasted. I know why you're here. And David asked a few questions. Why isn't anybody taking on this giant? He is blaspheming our God. Why isn't anybody standing up? Can I tell you that's what's been going on in America for the last 10 or 15 years? They have been condemning Jesus. They have been condemning the Holy Spirit. They have been condemning the Father. They're saying, it's not right. It's not your answer. It's all a hoax. They're doing everything they can to put down your faith in Christ, and they're condemning you. Not only condemning you, they're really attacking men. The heads of the families, 
making them feel worthless. As a matter of fact, they're doing everything to make you feel like there is hopelessness in this nation. You see, Hitler learned that if he said things long enough and said it over and over again, people would start believing. So he used the media, the demonic media, the evil media, and social evil demonic stuff to let people watch it every day and hear it every day and hear it every day. And what do they become? They become like David's brothers along with King Saul and everybody else. Nobody will go out and encounter the evil. And here comes David, and he says, who is this thing out there? Why is he doing what he's doing? And he steps out, and he says, if you're not going to fight, I'll fight him. I'll fight him. Of course, his brothers come against him. Saul looks at him. You can read the story there in chapter 17. He's like, listen, you're young. You're about 5'7". You're 17 years old. There's no way. Here, put my armor on. And Saul's probably 6'8", six, 6'9". Six, David puts on the armor, and he's like, I can't even move in this. You see, the world is trying to get you to armor up with their armor so that you can't move. So that you can't do what God wants you to do. They're telling you, this is what you need. This will make you happy. This is what's going on. You know, people, COVID was bad, but COVID was great for the body of Christ. In the sense that there were more Bibles sold during those two and a half years than ever before. More people looked up church. They looked up things about Jesus. They looked, about, looked up the book of Revelation. And more people were taking in stuff on the internet about Christ than never before. So we can see the bad that happened, but we can also see what the devil tried to do. God turned it to change people's lives. To change people's lives. You see, David said, I can't wear your armor. David chose to be spirit-led instead of being led by the flesh. How many type A personalities do we have here this morning? Lift your hand. You are. You move. You make things happen. You shake it up. Amen? If there's a problem, I want you on my team. Because you're going to go in and you're going to get some stuff done. But how many know that type A's, which I am one, we tend to charge in sometimes without doing a whole lot of prayer? And sometimes we knock people over, not intentionally. We hurt them with our words, not intentionally, because we're going to get it done. <laughs> and so we've got to slow down a little bit, because we will probably have said, put the armor on me. No, all we would have said was, give me an AK, <laughs> and I'll take care of this dude for you. <laughs> That'll help those that hate guns. (laughs) 
But the world wants to put its armor on us, and David said, no. God will fight for me. He had spent time in prayer. He had spent time seeking the Lord. He killed a bear. He killed a lion. He did all these different things, and he knew what God could do. And one big guy who could barely move with a little guy in front of him guarding his legs, he's probably thinking, that looks so hokey. <laughs> I can dodge his spear. I can. Uh, there's no way. And David gets five smooth stones because Goliath had four brothers. And he figured if I get the one and the other four coming, I'll be ready for them. So the type A in him was planning ahead. And he goes out, and it says that David ran out to Goliath. He ran out to Goliath. Why is it the church is holding back? Why is it that we're not involved with school boards? Why is it that we're not involved getting in politics and running for office? Why is it that we're just cowarding back? Oh, no, Tucker's gone. <laughs> Tucker's not your hope. And I'm talking about Todd Tucker. Uh, <laughs> Tucker's not your hope. Jesus is your hope. Jesus is your light. It's not your bank account. It's not your wealth. It's not your giftings. It's Jesus and Jesus alone. And I'm telling you, God is telling you and I to stand up, to get out there, to get in the mix because too many around us are scared to death. And you're listening to all this stuff. It's all going to collapse. I got two buddies and they have lived and breathed revelation their entire life. As a matter of fact, our whole denomination lives and breathes revelation. And that's all you hear from them. And I'm like, you know what? God's called you to pastor. Get your house in order. Train up those that are going to come up from behind you to continue on. Because people are saying, oh, man, Jesus is coming. He could come. But we're still living here. And too many are paralyzed and not preparing for their children, their grandchildren, their great-grandchildren, should the Lord tarry. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it's going to get really bad for them. That's okay. There's been some bad moments for us, and God has seen us through. Amen. I do not lack faith in God. Amen. He's going to open the door. He's gonna, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or their seed out begging for bread. Who are you listening to? Who's bogging you down? What are you consuming? The news, the headlines, the fear, the tolerance of sin. We have to stop tolerating sin. They want to call us intolerant, but when it comes to their sin, they want us to be tolerant. That's right. And we're not to be tolerant. We don't need men dressing up like women and hugging on children. That's a bunch of garbage. They're, that's perversion. I was at Walmart the other day, and I, uh, the guy was mopping the bathroom. I said, hey, I'll wait. He goes, oh, go ahead and go. Okay. I come out, and he said, I said, thank you, sir. I'm not a sir. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Do you have an XY chromosome? 
You were born a male. Now you can tell me you're one of these other 90 things out there. But that's a life of fantasy, and I don't live in Fantasy Island. And I'm not going to buy your lies. You and little Tattoo, or whatever his name was. I can't even think of the guy's name. People, let's be real. You're not, I'm not intimidated by you. I'm not, I'm not looking for it, but when it comes to me, Because I'm hearing about all the results of these kids they're dissecting and mutilating and they're all so confused and wanting to kill themselves because they're making changes that God never intended. Oh, and you're stirring it up. No, I'm just saying in love, they need Jesus. They need to know who they are in Christ. They need to know who they are in Christ. That's what really matters. Be strong and courageous. Come on, Joshua's. Be strong and courageous. Come on, the army of Israel. The giant is screaming blasphemies. And this young kid comes along and he says, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. And he tells Goliath what he's going to do. And he hits him with a stone. Then he takes his sword. Goliath's sword, he cuts off his head. Come on now. And he holds it up. I'm sure he said, hey, big brothers. <laughs> and they took off after the Philistines. We are to exhibit morality and the fruit of the Spirit. We're to walk it out. We're to let our light shine. Too many are cowards in their tents. They're cowarding back, listening, and their hearts are failing them. God doesn't want you to worry about it. If he brought you through COVID, if he brought you through the stuff you grew up in, if we saw the Vietnam War, if we saw all the protests and the places burning and all this kind of stuff going on, and we see history repeating itself, we know that God is still in charge. If we have somebody leading this nation that can't find his way back into the White House and walks into the bushes, <laughs> and people are telling him, follow the X, step on the X, stay on the X, go on. Can I tell you something? Jesus is really in charge. That's right. That's true. And you better start believing that because we're going to need him soon. Oh, you're being mean to him. I'm not being mean. That's pathetic what's going on there. That is pathetic. 80 years old. Or however old he is. I'm not against those that are 80. I got to clarify all this because people get their feelings hurt all the time. Oh, you hurt my feelings. No. If you identify with him, come on now. The media devils are the voice to this socialist and divisive struggle that we're in today. That's right. 
It's the devil. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. We're going to read that in a moment. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. We see it all the time, but our battle is a spiritual battle. The reason we're in this mess is pastors and churches haven't prayed, haven't lived their lives out there. They've been in their tent cowering down, doing what the world's doing. God's word is our standard. I will not play a pretend game for your perverse justification. Can I say that again? I will not play a pretend game for your perverse justification. I'm not going to do it. Okay, let's look at point number one today. What's it going to take? We got to armor up. We got to armor up. We are in a spiritual battle. And here's the thing you've got so many people, even in the church today, they're so divisive. They're looking for something to cause division. I want you to look at your neighbor right now. Just look at them just for a moment. Look at one another. They are not perfect. They have flaws. And you can find something in them you don't like or disagree with. Come on now. And the same thing with the church and the body of Christ. There are going to be people because there's different giftings and different things that go on. When Taylor's up here playing the drums like an animal, and some of you are like, I just think that young kid needs to be on some ADD or ADHD medicine. Or Adam's trying to do it, and then he's like, and you're like, oh my gosh. They're gifted in different ways. There's an accountability to all of us. And everybody does it. Or that preacher that says things that irritates you. Well, I was going to bring my friend today, but they don't don't believe like that. You're going to run them out of this church. I'm going to run them right to the arms of Jesus. Because they're going to hear some seeds planted, and they're going to realize this world's going to let them down and leave them hanging. Why they build their mansions and save all their money and do all the things they want, and they use you as a pawn. We have to understand that this generation below us, they will rise up. God will make a difference. Taylor showed you the camp and things are going to happen at Christmas and things that happen on Wednesday night. David was just asking, who's going to get the giant? 17. Who's going to get the giant? Saul had doubts, but yet let him go. All the disciples were under 20 except for Peter. He was probably 21 or 22. 
They were all, John was the youngest, 16 or 17 years old, and Jesus chose them and changed the world. We're forgetting about what God could do with these young people as we try to limit and box them in. No, let God start moving and shaking their lives. they got to go through some stuff, but I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit will shake them. The world wants you to live in the flesh. And here's the thing that I'm seeing. So many people, even in churches, get home and they put on, when nobody else is around, all these garbage movies with Netflix and all the stuff they get, or they're watching all this stuff on social media and they're just feeding the flesh. They're feeding the flesh. It's bad. And this is why the church is in the shape that it's in. In verses 45 and 47 there in 1 Samuel 17, David declares what God was going to do. And he walked out the will of God and he killed the giant. Ephesians 6, 10 and 11. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. You're to put it on. Paul's talking to this Ephesian church, and you'll also see that in Revelation, they're there. Was it Revelation 2-4? You can read about the Ephesian church. As he tells them, they have left their first love. You have left your first love. And people kind of misquote this scripture and they they don't interpret it right because they're not researching it. But in the Greek it says, when you're there and you've got the armor on, when it's all said and done, when the battle is finished, what Paul is saying, when it's all done, you will be standing with your foot on the devil's throat. It's not like, oh, we just stand and hope God does something. No, you will be standing You win in the end. Hello. And that's the philosophy as believers we have to understand. Jesus has already won. We're just in a journey, a short journey. I lost a good friend this week who loved the Lord. Blessed so many people. Built over 200 homes. And never made tons of money. But just blessed them. He built two homes for me. I saw him three weeks ago. We were visiting. I stayed there for a couple hours just talking with him, praying with him. And he was battling health problems. His wife texted me while I was in Florida. He's in the hospital. He's not doing good. I got back. She texted me and she said, he's got less than a day. And I zoomed up to the hospital. He's laying there. His color is really dark because of what's happening in his body. His kidneys have shut down. And I walked in, and he tells his wife, take this stuff off my face. She takes it off. 
And he looks at me, he says, give me a hug, Owen. And I give him a big hug. And I just started crying. I said, you've been a great friend. You blessed Shaloi and I and set us ahead in our journey in this life by blessing us with the homes that we had. And your encouragement and your counsel has been so encouraging to me. I said, but I'm mad at you. With tears flowing, you're mad? I'm mad. Why are you mad? You're going to beat me to heaven. <laughs> you're going to beat the rapture, if there is one. And I talked with him, hugged all of his kids that were there, prayed with them, and he went on to be with Jesus. But he said, will you do my funeral? I said, I'm going to dance at your funeral. You do whatever you want. <laughs> I said, absolutely. 67, 68 years old. Sometimes life doesn't make sense. But I can't look at the facts around me or what's being portrayed as distraction. I have to trust that Jesus knows exactly what he's doing. And for some people, they have prayed, I don't want to linger. Let me go be with you, Lord. So we wrestle not with flesh and blood. Ephesians 6.12. And I can, you can do a whole series just on this verse. Because people are into the spooky stuff. I got people, they got a demon under every page. There's a demon under that book. There's a demon under that book. You know, and, and they get into all that, and they run their lives freaking out over demons when Jesus gave his victory over them. That's right. See, they tremble when you come into the room. We know who you are. You're the son of God. Please just cast us into the herds of, the herds of those pigs over there. what they told Jesus. God has created this divine power, this thing called salvation to be put in the container of you so that you can go be fruitful and multiply. Be fruitful and multiply. Let the fruit of the Spirit come out of you every day. Some of you I question the Jesus you have. You tell me you love Jesus? You tell me you love Jesus, but I'm not sure you know Jesus. Come on now. A lot of people, oh, I love Jesus, but your fruit is far from knowing him. I'm challenging you to be more fruitful. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, meekness, gentleness, self-control. Instead of going and getting in somebody's face, why don't you take time to pray for them? I had a brother years ago, very wise, Vietnam vet, very in tune with the prophetic, and he had a prophetic word. And finally, he brought it for me for the group that we were in. And I said, when did God give you that prophetic word? Nine months ago. But I've been praying. 
God, when's the right timing, and exactly who is this for? Now, there's a wise person. Because we have all these people in the body of Christ, they want credit. I love what Michael Brown's doing right now. He's put a group together of prophetic people to help kind of control the chaos in the charismatic world with all these prophetic words being given and them not coming true and nobody holding them accountable. And it's doing a disservice to the body of Christ. And we trust Michael Brown and his wisdom. So he's taken some guys and he's like, let's just sit down and help these people. We don't want to alienate them, but we also want to hold them accountable when they make statements that this is going to happen, and it doesn't. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. It's a spiritual battle. We need the Holy Spirit's power. Somebody say amen. amen. We advance from a position of authority. You need to write that down this morning. You and I advance, as David did, from a position of authority in Christ. That's so important that we get that. 1 Peter 5, 8, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. We are to be sober-minded, we are to be watchful, we are to be looking and be discerning, but we need the Word of God. The reason people are struggling in the body of Christ is they've got these giftings, they've got the Holy Spirit, they got, but that's all they dwell on, and they never spend time in the Word of God. If you don't take the Logos and you don't get the Word of God in you so that you can speak, you can rhyme of the Word out, if you don't have it and you're not reading the Word except maybe once a month or once every six or seven months, you are in, in trouble, and you're going to struggle spiritually. Because the Holy Spirit will bring the word back to your knowledge so that you can speak it out. That's called the sword of the spirit when you speak it out in a situation. We have to buckle up with truth. Second point is this. We need to buckle up with truth daily. You need to be in the word of God daily. Because you see, when you don't buckle up with truth, Pants on the ground, pants on the ground, looking like a fool with your pants on the ground. <laughs> You've got to have something to hold things together so you buckle up your loin belt. It's guarding, reproductive. The Roman soldier guarded his midsection here, protected him. Why? There's value there. It's reproductive area. But you and I have got to understand that the truth, there was a clip for the, the shield, there was a clip for the sword, the breastplate tucked in there. It was something that was needed. You have to have truth in order to do these other things. We have to have the Word of God. You have to read it. Well, I don't get it. Play it over and over again on your phone. Play it over and over again. There has no temptation taken me, but such is common to man. But God, you are faithful and just who will not allow me to be tempted above that which I'm able. But with the temptation, provide the way of escape. I need the way of escape. There is no temptation taken me. 
but such is common to man. But God, you are faithful and just who will provide a way for me. Just get the word out there. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. When I lie down, Lord, you will keep me safe. Quote these things. Memorize these words. Get them in your spirit. You're going to need it. You're going to need it. You see, the Ephesians were on fire at the beginning. Acts 19, just read about them. Miracles taking place. They're bringing all their occultic stuff in. They're burning it. They're burning their idols. Man, they were doing it. They were going. And Paul says, listen, I'm, I'm writing this letter, but I need you to know you've got to armor up because the battle is intense. You've walked away, according to Revelations 2-4, from your first love, Jesus. Get back. Armor up. Put on the full armor of God. It means you're fully dressed, head to toe. Let the Holy Spirit dress you in the armor of God. Romans 6, 6 and 7. For we know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing. Come on now. Ooh, that's good. Romans 6, 6. For we know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing. She's tempting you at work. He's tempting you at work. Oh, you look so beautiful. Well, my husband never tells me that. Well, you are. You're so strong. I bet you can do anything around the house. It's like we were watching my son's dog, Rascal, not Rascal, Annie, a little Maltese. And I would be home, I'd be Shaloi home, and Shaloi would come in, and Annie's just barking and doing all this stuff, shaking, and, and Shaloi's like, oh, oh, and she's like, oh, come here, come here, give me a kiss, give me a kiss, all that. and she's like, oh, we just love you, Annie. I watched that go on for like four days straight. So I thought, well, I want that greeting. So Shaloi came in after the dog was gone. I was waiting at the door. And I wiggled and I dug my hands and knees. And I'm like. <laughs> and she's like, get up. <laughs> What's my point? My point is sometimes we treat animals better than we do the people around us. Well, they show us unconditional love. No, you feed them. I said, I'm just trying to get a little extra attention. Now, if she did that, when I walked in, I'd be right down there with her. Woo! Sorry, I don't know where that came from. It just jumped in my mind. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, forces of wickedness. In the Greek, it means ruler of this world, Satan. He has blinded the eyes, according to Luke 4, 6 and 7. You see, this world, get this, church, this world is the devil's. 
He rules it. Even though Jesus died and rose again, until he comes back, Satan still has the authority here. That's why he is the accuser of the brethren. It doesn't mean he has authority over us, but he will still persecute you. When you crack a door, he can say, listen, look what they just got into. This means I can come against them. There's a real spiritual battle going on. Because we tend to look at the people and all the stuff that's going on. Romans 6, 6 and 7, for we know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. And people say, well, he really wasn't talking about the, the Roman soldier's armor. Probably not. But he was between them, chained at times. And he was looking at it, and I'm sure the Holy Spirit said, look at what they're wearing. I want you to armor up. This is how God armors up. God is our armor. He's armored up. You need to be armored up. You need the truth. Third point. Your perspective is clarified by the truth of God's word. Your perspective is clarified by the truth of God's word. Luke 24, 29 says we are clothed with power, but it says in that verse, in verse 11 there in Ephesians 6, you've got to put it on. In Christ, you are a new person, Ephesians 4, 24, Colossians 3, 10. It's how we think, how we act, what we know. God's Word is so much knowledge. There's so much in the Word of God. I can't get enough of it. And his word takes us deeper as we get rooted down no matter what storm comes your way. The deeper you go in God, the more you're able to say, if God be for me, who can be against me? If God be for me, who can be against me? You see, Jesus wants a relationship over service. Can I say that again? He wants a relationship over service. You got Martha and Mary. Martha, 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 you're so busy. There's nothing wrong with doing things, but God wants us to spend time with him. If I'm not in the word daily, I feel like a part of my life is missing. Amen. I feel like a part of my life is missing. In Revelation 2, the church of Ephesus had lost their first love, but they were doing all kinds of good things, good works, but they left the intimacy with Jesus, their first love. Stand with me this morning. What do we do? We repent and we say, Holy Spirit, I need the armor on now. If you've slid, fallen away, let other things distract you, it's time for you to armor back up. Start walking in fellowship with Jesus. Put the armor on. But there are some here today you may not even have the armor because you don't know Jesus.
That's the first step is come to you know Christ. Would you bow your heads this morning, Christians praying? I'm so grateful, not only for you, but for my family, especially my wife, who's a prayer warrior, and she memorizes so much scripture. She's always given me scripture, and she's a very much an encourager to me, and I was just messing with her that day when the dog came in. But she's a woman of the word. And I'm a man of the word. And it's caused us to raise children that understand the word and the importance of the word. You see, our children saw us read our word. They saw us take our time for our devotions. They saw us pray beyond our knees when they opened up bedroom door and see us in there praying on our knees. It's important that your children understand you do that, parent. But if, if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, He wants to be Lord of your life. He wants you to know how much He loves you. He died for you. I don't care what sin you struggle with. I don't care what you've done. He saw it all on the cross and He said, I love you so much, I'll die for you. So with heads bowed, Christians praying right now. If you don't know Jesus, would you just lift your hand up and say, Owen, remember me in that prayer. I want Jesus to be Lord of my life today. Would you just lift it up high? I don't want to miss you. Don't want to miss you. All you've got to do is invite Jesus in. Tell him you believe that he is the Son of God. That he died and rose from the grave. For you and just say Lord I believe and receive your love and your forgiveness he'll come into your heart and with your heads bowed this morning 2nd Corinthians 10 verses 4 and 5 for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal although we want to get in the flesh when we see what's happening to America because many of us are Patriots But we've got to stay prayed up and in the Word and led by the Spirit. Because it's not a physical battle that's going to bring the victory. It's going to be us praying and getting involved and being a light for those that are hurting all around us. For our weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Bring every thought captive because the devil wants to manipulate your emotions and your feelings. Make sure your thoughts line up with the Word of God. I'm just going to have you pray with me this morning. And remember Romans 8:37, you are more than a conqueror. 1 Corinthians 2:16 reminds us that for who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him. We have the mind of Christ. We're here to take back what the enemy has tried to steal from so many people. 
Don't let the devil build a stronghold in the deception of your mind. Don't constantly be divisive in your words with your spouse, with your children. Some of your children don't want the kind of religion that you're practicing. They want to see the love, the consistency. They want to see the faithfulness in your life. And if they hear you bashing others, they're going to say, that's not the kind of God I want to serve. Be full of through the Spirit. Every day, Goliath attacked the minds of the Israelites with his word. We need to conquer lying emotions. Sometimes the words aren't even there, but the devil's telling you they don't like you, they don't want to be around you, they're alienate you, and that's nothing but a lie from the pit of hell. When you understand who you are in Christ, you just keep marching forward. So with heads bowed as we close here, you say, Owen, I really, I really know I need to walk with the armor on. I need to allow the Word of God, the belt of truth, to be at the forefront of my life. Nobody looking around. And you're just saying, from this day forward, God, I'm going to do my best to get in your Word like never before so that you can direct my steps by your Holy Spirit. Nobody look. If that's you, would you just lift your hand up and take it back down? I'm going to try to do my best to get in your Word like never before. I need that. I need that. Type A's. Lift your hand up, because I need that. <laughs> Jesus, help us, one day at a time, to be overcomers so that we can love those around us and produce the fruit so that they understand how much you love them. And there is a real spiritual battle going on, and we're going to love the ungodly, not their acts, but we're going to love them and let them see you and us. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Turn to somebody and say, you look fantastic today. Tell them that.